0: If we obey His word, and we walk in the light, He is the way and the truth, and in Him is the light. If we obey
1: Rather quickly, at least it seemed to this morning, and uh, uh, I guess it's just like any other morning, but it just seemed like it sped right on by. But that's all right. Hey, good snowy morning to you. We've got some snow outside. I don't know exactly how much. I got home from Atlanta. We had snow, and uh, I didn't have time to clean it up. I was in Millinocket yesterday, didn't have time to clean it up, and got more during the night. So uh, we'll have some snow to clean up this morning, I think, here where we live anyway. I don't know about where you are, but where we are, a little bit snowy out there, but we'll take it. It's all right. Snow, snow, snow. Snow reminds us of just a wonderful, wonderful truth, and I'm just going to share that truth. Back somebody yesterday in the church I was speaking in shared this. She, she was talking about how beautiful the snow is, and then she proceeded to share this verse, and I'm going to share this verse with you right now. It says, Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. The idea, reasoning together with the Lord. And just the wonder, when you look at the snow out there, it reminds us, of the fact that uh, though our sins are like scarlet, though, we, though we're though we messy with our sins, we come to the Lord and, and reckon with the Lord and deal with the Lord and repent before the Lord and confess to the Lord. Uh, he washes us and we are as white as snow. So that is one of the beautiful reminders that we get from the snow that is outside and and yesterday morning, the the older lady in the congregation they they had a, a sharing time. Uh, two different things. They have a time where they share prayer requests and a time where they share uh, praises. Its praises were first, then prayer requests, and that was her praise. Just so thankful for the how beautiful the snow uh, was up there in Millinocket uh, yesterday. So to rejoice, yeah, we got a little bit of mess to clean up, but what a wonderful, wonderful reminder of the graciousness and the mercy and the love and the cleansing and the faithfulness of our God we find in the snow. Well, we're in Luke chapter 8, and uh, today we're talking about uh, sowing seeds and sending light, Uh, two parables that uh, Jesus gave, and uh, we're going to jump right into those here. It says, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow a seed. As he was scatter- scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on. The birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock and when it came up the plants withered because they had n- no moisture from the root. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, there are a couple of different ways of looking at this particular parable uh, and the implications, applications of the parable. Uh, One is to look at our lives as the soil. And what type of soil do we have in our own souls? I mean, that that is one approach that you can take in looking at these and and to ask ourselves, you know, uh, is the soil of our soul like that along the path? Now, the path usually has been trampled down uh, and flattened out and and harder for seed to penetrate. Um, It's just like a walking path. If you go through a walking path, uh, if you go down to Fernald's Neck here in Maine down toward Camden and go walk the path. I mean the path is it is harder than if you step off the path. Uh it's it's a softer soil because it isn't so trampled upon, it isn't so packed down as it says here, and, and so the birds could very easily come up to the path and eat it up. You know, so we ask ourselves, is our soil of our soul more like that trampled path? And if it is, then maybe we need to do something to till it up. Uh, then it says, some fell on the rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no root. You know, So we look at ourselves and say, are we hardened? Because if we're hardened, then, uh, you know, again, whatever happens to grow in our lives might just wither because we're rocky soil. We're hardened. And what what steps can we take to soften our souls? Uh, verse seven says, "Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants." and And he will give some illustration. He will give some definition to what this means. But it's the idea of the cares of life, and you know, are there are there ways to unfetter ourselves from some of the cares of this world? Because those cares will choke the plants, and we will not be as fruitful. Then lastly, in verse eighty, says, still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So again, we can take one approach at this and, and ask ourselves, what's the soil of our soul like? What's the condition of our soul like? How receptive are we to the word of God? I mean, we can ask that question. Uh, And I think that's a a right and a fair question for us to ask ourselves. And and not only does it help us to consider our own souls, sometimes we can't change much about our own soul, but it also helps us to realize that as we evangelize people or as we work with other people, uh, people are going to receive the Word of God at different levels. Some, it's it's immediately going to be, they might hear it, but immediately it's snatched up by the birds and gone. Others might hear it. And uh, you know show a little bit of growth a little bit of a little bit of time, but then uh, it it just shrivels up. Uh, there'll be others that it will grow, but it's gonna look kind of weedy you know it's gonna have weeds among it. so there's some wheat and there's some weeds uh, and then there's good soil and for those doing ministry to to not take it personally I mean we can only do so much uh, and. And I will talk about that in just a second here about what we can do, uh, but we can only do so much in a person's life. And, and so anybody that's a pastor or anybody that is an elder or involved in people ministry directly to people, it, don't be disappointed when, when it doesn't all stick and grow. Because Jesus himself in this parable says the conditions of people's souls will be such that, that these types of things will happen. For some, the birds of the air are going to snatch it away. For some, it's going to wither because uh, their, their lives are hardened. Uh, others are going to have all kinds of things mixed in with the with the wheat or with with the seed. Uh, and the weeds are going to grow up with with the good seed, and they're going to grow up together. And later on, Jesus will actually say, "Don't don't pull up the the weeds; just let them grow. Otherwise, if you pull up the weeds, you might also pull up the what was planted, and you you lose both. Then, uh, and some will be good soil." One other thing that I like to pull, point out from this passage down in verse 8, he talks about what it yields. Now, the Matthew passage, Matthew 13, talks about some yields uh, 30, some 60, some 100-fold. To me, that is one of the places I point when, when I talk about, you know, there are things that, that will be measured. And uh, and I think from our lives, there will be things that will be measured. And, and we can ask ourselves, what are we yielding? What, are, what is our life yielding for Christ? That, that, is, that is a key question that we can ask ourselves. Now, I want to make one more pass at this section and look at it from a different perspective. We've just considered the soil of our own souls. Uh, we've considered the soil of other people's souls, and not to be disappointed when, when we don't see the type of growth that you're hoping to see. We all hope to see 100% growth, but not everything's going to grow 100%. Um, but one more pass at this, uh, a, a farmer ought to sow his seed, to look at this as one sowing seed. You know, the, the, we are called to sow seed, and uh, we are called to sow the gospel. And notice the various places where it went. As he was scattering, some fell along the path. Uh, some fell on the rock. Some fell among the thorns. Some fell on good soil. He was uh, somewhat a little bit indiscriminate. Now, in our day, with the type of machinery we have, we can be a lot more precise and just exactly where uh, where seeds go. I mean, we don't broadcast spread like uh, when you're planting oats or wheat. You don't broadcast spread it. You have a, a planter that plants it just directly down. It's called a grain drill. At least that's what they used to be called. I don't know what they're... St- they're still called grain drills today or not. I don't know. But for me and for Walter, uh, they were called grain drills and you, you plant the seeds exactly where you want them. Now, sometimes you may do what's called a broadcast spread. It's kind of like when you follow a, a truck that is uh, broadcasting road salt, you know, just kind of it's being broadcast out. That's what we mean by broadcast, just spread out all over the place. And, um, to a certain measure what we can take from this is that we're just supposed to s- spread it out all over the place spread the seed what is the seed the seed is the gospel and uh, so we, we we're going to just broadcast the seed it's going some is going to go along the path uh, some is going to fall in rocky places some is going to fall among the thorns some is going to fall on good soil and uh, and yield a crop the question is are we broadcasting that's the question i'm not talking broadcasting now like what we're doing right now, but broadcasting our lives. I, I I would love over the next year to bring in a couple different training organizations and, and training events. One of the things in my time in Atlanta last week that we talked about was the fact that um, there's greater need for equipping. Now, what what's happened in the church is we need to equip people to do children's ministry. That's not what we're talking about. We need to equip people to be ushers. That's not what we're talking about. Those things are all good, but those aren't necessarily the things that we need to be thinking about, we need to equip people to be, you know, uh, beyond coffee detail or we need to equip. And those are all good things. And we, yes, we do need to equip people to do those things. I'm not saying we shouldn't equip people to do those things, but the greater thing that we need to equip people to do, the church is failing miserably in America is equip people to share Christ. We just think, well, they're a Christian now, they'll now No. And that was a major point of our conversation, the the lack of equipping and lack of equipping, especially in the area of evangelism and how to share Christ with people, uh, and as well, not only equipping to share Christ but equipping to encourage uh, one another uh, and the the equipping to strengthen each other, to challenge each other, to walk alongside each other in the sharing of the faith. So uh, that's a piece that I'm hoping to bring in. Uh, probably under the auspices of the college, I'm guessing, uh, but in partnership with some of our concentric partners to help people have more confidence in how to share Christ with people uh, and to become people who just spread spread the gospel. I mean, as I read this, I'm convicted I don't spread the gospel nearly as much as I could, and I have the ability to. Uh, I'm very capable, and uh, I, too often I, I, I don't as I could. So I am personally challenged with the idea of being the sower now so many of us will want to look at the soil aspect and maybe you need to look at the soil aspect and how's the soil of your soul uh but then the other aspect of okay and what what forums what formats could you be sharing christ now i want to say this it's important that you walk with christ before you share christ uh i can't remember the guy's name He used to be with dean martin he used to play the drunk um Foster Brooks. Anybody remember Foster Brooks? I know I am talking to uh, people. Some of you are older, and some of you do remember Dean Martin. Uh, some of you do remember Foster Brooks. Um, now, why am I talking about? Fo- I know I'm talking about Foster Brooks. I mean, don't don't be the drunk stumbling along and yet trying to share Christ with people. People aren't going to be impressed. Uh, don't be shouting it uh, on the one moment, shouting expletives at people, or f- posting uh, Facebook posts uh, that you know are, are, are highly derogatory. Then turn around and try to share Christ with people. It's not going to work. I mean, we're, our 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 lips and our lives uh, have to have to align as much as we possibly can, so that people would see Jesus in us and would. Say, okay, it seems like you're, you you yourself have gotten this message. This, this message has impacted your life, so therefore, maybe we ought to listen to what you have to say, or, or I'm interested in, in what you have to say, because there's something about your life to live in such proximity to Jesus that there would be something about our life that as we begin to share Christ, people would want to hear what we have to say. Well, I'm going to move us a little bit further here into this passage, and... Uh, What's the purpose of the parables? There's, there's kind of three sections I want to get through with you this morning, and Jesus talks about this. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. Sometimes you know, well, they will ask other questions, too. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that those seeing they may not see and those hearing they may not understand. In other words, Jesus kind of used this as a filter. Those that got it, those that understood uh, the, the secrets of the kingdom – and and this would be a secret of the kingdom, but understand and make application. And those that don't get it wouldn't get it. You say, Well, why why wouldn't you want to, uh, to put it in clear everyday language? Well, I mean, this is pretty clear, actually. The parables are pretty clear. And if you don't if you don't get the parables, if you don't get what he's talking about, then you're pretty dense. Uh and but some people are dense. Some people are not only dense, some people have hardened their hearts. And you're saying, Jim, you just called people dense. Well, it's true. There are some people that are just spiritually dense, uh, and sometimes they're dense because their hearts are hardened. But they ask, what's the parable mean? And he goes on and gives the definition of the parable, verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. So that's what we're scattering. We're scattering the word of God. We're scattering the gospel. Those along the path are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so they may not believe and be saved. When they hear it, uh, but they're not saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a little while, but in, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But The seed that fell on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. That's that's the meaning of the parable. I I mean, how can I how can I say more than what Jesus has clearly said here in this parable? Just noticing what it says though here in verse twelve, the ones along the path, the devil comes and takes it, takes it away. Those on the rock uh, receive it but they don't have a root. I'm going to sneeze. Excuse me. And uh, then uh, those on the rock receive the word and hear it, but they have no root. Those falls among the thorns. Notice what it says. God's word is choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and so they do not mature but the good seed stands for soil uh, but but the seed on good soil stands for those with a good and noble heart who hear the word retain it and by persevering produce a crop i mean I, I think it's pretty clear and for some i mean to get all wrapped up in the riches and the cares of this world and the pleasures of this world and the worries of this world and and that's where if we can eliminate worries how do you eliminate worry well sometimes they're there are things that we have in our lives that we would be better suited just to get rid of. I mean, we accumulate more and more stuff. That is one thing. And I've said it for for a long time, the more stuff you have, the more stuff you got to take care of. Uh, it's like the the toys, you know. People with four-wheelers and side-by-sides, and snowmobiles and it's all great. I mean, praise God that there's enjoyment in those things, but the more stuff you got, the more stuff you got to fix. So, the concerns and the worries of this life. So, why do we not have time to sit down and meditate on the Scripture? We don't have time to sit down and meditate on Scripture because of oftentimes the worries and the cares and the concerns of life. But why do we not take the time to share Christ with people? Because of the wor- worries, the concerns, and the cares of this life. Those things all sometimes get in the way. Now, I want to finish out this next parable as a part of uh, what we're looking at this morning. Another parable, one last says, no one lights the lamp and hides it, uh, hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in and, uh, come in see the light. For there's nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out in the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have even what he thinks he has will be taken from him. Now, I mean, this, this one has some twists and turns to it. The first is, is very obvious. I mean, we if we are the light and we are to send the light, we shouldn't hide the light. Uh, we shouldn't put it under a bed. We shouldn't put it uh, in a room and close the door. Uh, we need to figure how do we get the light out there so it will shine. That is one thing. Uh, so that those who come in can see the light. Can people see the light of our lives? We are sent. We are to be the light of the world. Therefore, you know, let, let's make sure that we're doing the things in our lives that will help us to shine for Jesus. And he gets into verse seventeen. He says, "There's nothing hidden that will not be disclosed. Nothing concealed that will not be uh, known or brought out in the open." I mean, it, the common, clear understanding of that verse is: you know, we might think we're hiding things, but it will all be revealed. Uh, and it might not be revealed in this earth, but it will be revealed in heaven. Uh, nothing heaven that will not. Be, uh, nothing hidden that will not be disclosed. Uh, the light will shine upon it and it will be revealed for what it is. So therefore, we deal with these things in our lives so that uh, when, when the light hits our lives, all that shows is is glory for Jesus. And then he says in verse 18, finally, he says, Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken from him. I mean, there's there's kind of a hard truth in this. There are people who think they get it, but they don't really get it. And Jesus, in the final analysis of things, is going to be very—it's going to be very cut and dry about things. Uh, if you have it, great. If you don't, but you thought you did, sorry, you're going to lose out. And, and that sounds so harsh. Uh, and, and I see people like this that you know, and you talk with them, and it's it's evident that they're trying to talk the language of the Christian life, but they don't get it. Uh, They don't get it. They don't talk about prayer. Uh, They don't talk about the scriptures. Uh, They're they're not interested in um, fellowship with believers in whatever form that takes. I mean, this is a fellowship of believers. In certain measure, there's an aspect of this or key aspects of this that's a part of fellowship. I would say what we do here online is not full fellowship unless it was like a Zoom meeting. That would take it to another step where we could see each other and talk with each other and interact with each other. Uh, that would take it another level. But then the next level would be face-to-face and in, in, in the room in that proximity with each other. Um, but there are people who who think they, you know, I, I've gotten it. I, I've given to the church and therefore I get it. Well, not necessarily. And and so there's a warning in this verse, verse 18, that those who uh, thinks he has it, what they think they have will be taken and given to others. We need to be fruitful. I mean, that that is an application. We need to be fruitful in two things. We need to be fruitful in sowing seed. We need to sow seed and, and be a lot less and and broadcast the gospel a lot more. And and we'll figure out ways to help with you. Look at go and tell ministries would be an example. My friend Jim Halstead and what he does. I'd like to bring Jim up here and and have him do a training or uh, shift evangelism. Uh, that that's kind of really intended for churches to learn how to be evangelistic, not just as one entity but as members of a body together coming together and learning. It, listen. The gospel isn't meant to be uh, shared on Sunday mornings. I mean, not that it's not meant to be. It can certainly be shared, but Sunday's friends are largely meant for believers. the The, the vast bulk of evangelism needs to be taking place outside the walls of the church. Uh, as as you are going to restaurants, as you're going to grocery stores, as you're dealing with your mechanic, as you're dealing with the people in your bank, as you're dealing with healthcare workers. As you're dealing with, did I say neighbor yet? All these things. That's where the gospel is meant to be shared. And, and, you know, we think, well, we need to have an altar call. So people, well, no. I, I mean, I'm I'm for altar calls. I'm for people coming to faith in Christ during a church service. But that isn't the focus. The focus is on The believer being built up, the believer worshiping God so we can go out and evangelize the the millions of people who are outside the walls of the church, who aren't inside the walls of the church, that, that we need to go to. Therefore, as you're going, make disciples of all nations. So may we be people who do not hide our lamp under a jar, and that jar could even be the church. Well, we we come to church, that's where evangelism takes place. No, evangelism takes place not in the church. The Evangelism takes place outside the walls of the church. The majority of the people in the church should be believers who are coming to worship our God and to be edified and to be equipped. Listen, I hear this, need to be fed. If you can't feed yourself and you've been a Christian for 30 years, there's a problem. You know, in challenge, Jacob, look, it's not your job to feed me. It's not your job to feed us. It is your job to challenge and to equip us and to stimulate us for love and good deeds. Anyway, I've said enough, and it's time to get you into your day. I want to challenge you to be a a seed scatterer uh, and one who sends the lights. Let's scatter seeds to those around us. Let's send the light of Christ. Lord, help us to be effective witnesses for the Lord Jesus. May our lives radiate Jesus so that people would want the Jesus that's in us. Lord, help us to to plant seeds of the gospel. Help us to learn how to do a spiritual CPR to cultivate, plant, and reap that we might see more and more people come to faith in Christ. Lord, help us to send the light. Help us to bear fruit for you fruit that will last and bring you glory. Lord, hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. See you tomorrow, friends.